Welcome to the podcast of Fairmount Presbyterian Church in Cleveland Heights, Ohio, where we feature our worship sermons. Listen again to past sermons from home, when you are traveling, or wherever you are. Listen in if you need a moment of reflection, inspiration, and love. ...into Christ, from whom the body, joined and knitted together by every ligament with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, Paul, the author of the letter to the Ephesians, is writing this letter from prison. Paul finds himself in prison fairly regularly because the message he is sharing, the truth that he speaks into the world, is not supported or appreciated by those in power. And in fact, they find these messages to be quite dangerous. Paul is actively attempting to level the hierarchical, racial, divisional culture that he swims in and proclaiming that God has shown love for everyone, for all of us, through Jesus. And because of that, he exclaims, live a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Now, Paul full well knows that we are all human and we're not perfect. Paul is not saying, live perfectly or else you're not worthy of God's love. No way. He's saying, don't squander the good gifts you have been given and the grace and the love that you have been shown by not doing what you can to live in the way that God asks you to live. See, division among people is not new. And Paul talks a lot about this in his letter. Earlier in Ephesians, he writes, This is the reason that I, Paul, am a prisoner for Christ Jesus for the sake of you Gentiles. For surely you have heard of the commission of God's grace that was given to me for you and how the mystery was made known to me my revelation. That is, the Gentiles have become fellow heirs, members of the same body and sharers in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. See, Paul is helping the community see that while they used to think of themselves in us-them kinds of ways as Jews and Gentiles, God has flipped that understanding on its head. And through Jesus' ministry, words and actions called Jews and Gentiles together to live in unity, one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. He's saying you were once divided, but you aren't anymore. And you all need to believe it and get on board with it because Jesus said it and it's true. Now the first part of the text we read today is about what we are called to communally. To live together. To love our neighbors and our enemies. To help each other to listen to God. And then do what God says to look out for each other and to build each other up and to do it, as Paul says, in all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Paul then goes on to talk about the more personal gifts that Jesus has so freely given. He lists leadership skills and roles that are and will be important for the creation and ongoing nurture and maintenance of the church. 
And the church not as its building or committees, but the church as the body of Christ, its people. Again, the goal is to be a united people who are helping each other to live more and more like Christ's example. Or as we often say in the modern church, to live into the people that God is calling us to be. So these are the gifts that when utilized by individuals can get a community on board together and going in generally the same direction. But this is not the entirety of the gifts that Jesus has given us. When I was little, the first thing I ever remember wanting to be when I grew up was a cashier at Wegmans. Now, if you don't know what Wegmans is, it is the best grocery store in the history of the world. But I digress. Anyway, I would spend hours in our tiny little pantry taking canned go goods off the shelf, running them on the thing there, going beep, beep, putting them in a bag, beep, in a bag, and then, you know, with the calculator, and then restocking them. Hours I spent doing this. This is what happens when you're an only child. This is your kind of entertainment. But as I got older, I developed a new dream. I wanted to be an Olympic figure skater. See, I wanted to be just like Debbie Thomas. Now, for those of you who may not remember who Debbie Thomas was, she won the bronze medal in women's figure skating in the 1988 Calgary Olympics. She was the first African-American to win a medal at the Winter Olympics. And I wanted to be her so bad. But unfortunately for me, turns out that the judges look for more than just dramatic arm gestures in competition. And so it took me a few years, but I understood that my dream would never be a reality. That was not the calling that God was calling me to. I then spent many years understanding that I was probably being called to spend my time and energy at church and talking about God and being grateful for God's presence and somehow helping other people see and experience that love that I deeply knew. But I had no idea how that was going to work. Because, <laughs> see, I didn't think I was gifted in anything. So in college, I realized that I liked being a listening ear and I was really good at showing up. But when I got to seminary, I looked around and saw these brilliant scholars and people who could spout the most eloquent prayers at the drop of a hat. And I couldn't figure out why they had let me into this school because those were not my skills. It took me a long time before I understood and could articulate that showing up and listening were indeed gifts. And they're not ones that everyone has. And there's a need and a place for them within the body of Christ. My boys have recently joined a new Cub Scout pack. And my husband, Tim, was on the leadership call last Sunday night when they were discussing the upcoming meetings and topics that they hoped to cover. Well, apparently, they had decided that it was time to cover the duty to God section of the Boy Scout Oath. And so Tim said, oh, don't worry about that. I got somebody for you. So I was informed that indeed two days later, instead of sitting and watching any amount of Olympics that I hadn't seen during the day, I would instead be 
trying to explain, not just in an ecumenical way, but an interfaith way to first through fifth graders what their duty to God was and what it meant to be reverent. I didn't even know that Cub Scouts had a duty to God, so I had a lot of catching up that I needed to do first. But we showed up, and they called me to the front of this room, and I was trying to have this engaging conversation with this group of kids and ones that I'm guessing weren't like hopping up and down as they were on their way to Cub Scouts telling their dads who were all there, by the way, I'm so excited to go learn about reverence. I just, I don't, I don't think that was the car ride conversation, but there we were. And so we're having this conversation about reverence and I'm trying to explain that reverence is about paying attention to things that God wants us to pay attention to and showing respect to God and others, including how people practice their beliefs about God, and having an attitude of awe. I asked the kids if they knew what awe was, and then we started thinking together, and they were spouting off all sorts of examples of when they felt awe. When I went to Glacier National Park, when I saw the full moon, when I saw my first fox. I mean, they had all sorts of answers. And one girl, because now girls are allowed to be part of Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts, the girl got really excited, and she was telling the story from her day. See, she's in third grade, and her class had been preparing reports for Black History Month. And on that day, they gave those reports in front of the whole class. She shared that she was so impressed by the other kids in her class how much they had learned and how much work they had done and how well they did in their presentations. And as she was telling the story, her entire being was communicating wonder and awe and gratitude and respect and joy. It was incredible to experience. And I just wanted to hug her and say, yes, I don't really know how to explain to you what your duty to God as a Cub Scout is, but I think you got it. This is the calling to which you have been called. Well, I didn't do that because that would have been really weird. But this third grader shone with the gifts that she had been given by God. And in third grade, those gifts don't exactly look like being a prophet or an evangelist most times. And those gifts may never look like what the world would call being a prophet or an evangelist. But man, she sure knows how to build up the body of Christ. God has given each one of us gifts. I'm 100% confident in that assessment. You are all gifted individuals. And the ways in which you live out those gifts or the timing in which you come to understand those gifts may vary over the course of your life. But don't you dare compare them to anyone else's and think that you have come up short. Your time and your energy and your personhood is way more valuable than that. We are all, every one of us, as Paul says, sharers in the promise through Christ Jesus. And the same Jesus has given every last one of us gifts and skills and passions to lean into and then share with the whole world and with one another. And the body of Christ needs every last one of those gifts to be whole. We need each other. And we need to live with humility and gentleness into the people that God has called us to be.
So lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. That's how we practice reverence for the one who has loved us with abandon and freely given us grace upon grace. May it be so in your life and in our lives together. Alleluia and amen. We thank you for listening to a worship episode from Fairmount Presbyterian Church. Revisit this podcast site weekly for new worship episodes. Have a beautiful and blessed day.